I remember Googling how to make your butt small. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Plan D Podcast. It's your host, Steph Teagan. I am back in the state. Well, I guess Hawaii's in the States, too. <laughs> I am back from my trip to Hawaii, which was the most gosh forsaken beautiful trip and place that I've ever seen or been on in my entire life. I have so many good memories and so many cool things to share. Well, not really. I mean, kind of. Um, I'm I'm probably going to do an episode on it and have Hannah on and we're going to go over our trip. There were just so many little funny things that happened, so many funny moments. I'm excited to recap that for everyone. But yeah, it's just me today. It's just me this week. I'm sitting alone in my studio. I just pounded 5,000 pounds of dinner uh, before this, so I might be in a mental fog and unable to perform (sighs) but you know I was starving and I worked really late today because that's my life our code broke once again and guess who fixed it yours truly I want to quick give a shout out to who I'm partnering with this episode and that is spray days tan thank you Brittany for giving me my body back I honestly feel like in the winter I gain a thousand pounds but really it's the fact that I'm just super pale so shout out to her for that honestly it's amazing if you have any event if you have to go to a wedding if you have to go on vacation no one wants skin cancer it's good for your skin it makes you look toned tanned has a slimming effect improves appearance of skin imperfections hides stretch marks sun damage like i apparently have now and it's just a confidence booster 30 dollars for any new client intro offer is now available as well so get on that and it's at spray days tan if you're in the san diego area days and days of debugging code this is what i do guys i i feel like people think that i have a semi-fun life but i really don't <laughs> i like to go to bed at 8 30 or 9 every school day or work day i guess now it's called um and i try to like wind down by 7 p.m i try to not go on my phone too much i try to just read or watch a show and then read But I definitely need that time in order for my brain to shut off. Otherwise, I won't sleep at night. It's a really good time. Anywho, enough about that stuff that you do not give a crap about. I thought it was about time that I discuss my journey with fitness, health, gut health, wellness. I get a lot of questions about what I do for workouts, what I eat. And I figured, why not do an episode on this? Why not dedicate a whole episode to something that I used to be very, 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 very passionate about? And I still am. I'm more passionate about all the other internal healing that needs to be done before you try to change your external body. So I'm not as passionate about that anymore, but I definitely used to be. And I'd love to take you all through this journey with me and just start from, I guess, high school. So, we're going to take a little time travel all the way back to 2010, baby. God, that's so long ago. I can't believe it. That's crazy. Okay, so in high school, gymnastics was my forte. Like, that was my thing. That was my sport. You know how everyone has a sport or a thing? They may not have a sport. You may be in chess club, and that's freaking dope. So, all the power to you. So, gymnastics was my thing. 
um, that was the one thing that I felt like I could have potential doing something with aside from academia. So gymnastics was it for me. That was my shot. That was what I'd wanted to do for a very long time. And I remember learning my first backhand spring at recess in second grade. And literally in the grass, one of my friends spotted me, which is just so funny. It's probably so dangerous, but that's where I learned all my gymnastics, guys. I learned at recess and I learned on the little bar. I would practice back hip circles and learn kips and I would do it every recess. And it was so much fun. And I remember going into my first gymnastics class at a club place and they said, this girl is a natural. And I was like, oh my God, like I have hope. And they're like, yeah, we want you on the competitive team. So my parents, they asked my parents if I could join club and compete. And my parents had heard, you know, the obvious horror stories about people having to drive hours, 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 like across states every single weekend, it being a huge time commitment, practice every single day. Like gymnastics is cutthroat, guys. It's not, it's not, actually, I don't want to say anything else because then I'll shit on another sport, but it's hard. It's really cutthroat. You are there for probably a five hour practice and it's every day. Like they work you so hard and gymnastics in it, self is such a workout and so strenuous on the body but then we also had to do hours of conditioning and it was it was tough so gymnasts oh man you guys are rock stars it's hard so my parents decided against the idea of me doing club gymnastics and it broke my heart and I loved it. Like, that was my first love, was gymnastics by far. I was so passionate. I remember spending hours and hours just looking at YouTube videos and watching Sean Johnson, Nastia Lukin, Samantha Pesic, like, all these gymnasts. And literally every movement they did, I would just study and break down in physics and just be like, okay, got to rotate that fast, got to spin that slow, got to, like, pull over your shoulder. And I've always had kind of a physics brain. So to me, gymnastics just makes so much sense, like how to move in space. So gymnastics, to say the very least, was my passion, my first love, my everything. And the first time that I started competing was actually freshman year of high school because my parents didn't let me do club in middle school. So I made it one meet and then I got injured and I got tendonitis in both of my arms. I tore tendons in my arms and I had what they thought was arthritis at the time and growth plate issues in my wrist. So I went to the doctor and he said, Steph, you cannot do gymnastics anymore. And I'm like, okay, for how long? And he's like, ever. And I was like, what? So I was told I could never do it again just because my wrists and my arms were already shot. And if I wanted to be able to have wrists and arms when I was older, I had to quit. So... I was heartbroken. I quit gymnastics and I thought, what could I do next? What can I do that doesn't involve arms? And guess what? It's running. So I joined the cross country team. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm talking about high school. This is so embarrassing. Anyway, so I got into running track, cross country, yada, yada, yada. Um, as you know, for running, you need a small body. I went through a phase where I thought my butt was humongo. (laughs) This was early high school and I was mad about it. And now I'm like, 
are you kidding me, Steph? Like now you literally are actively doing exercises to grow your butt. And back then I remember Googling how to make your butt smaller. I'm not kidding. And everything was just like basically stop eating. So I tried that for two days and then I was like, okay, this sucks. I love food. So never did that again. And yeah, I basically did the whole not eat thing for two days when a lot of people do that for a very long time. And I don't know how because if I'm hungry, I literally am the worst person on the planet and I am satanic. Like I am not well. (laughs) So I kind of just learned that my performance with running would get better if I ate more. So I started eating a ton my junior year. And I focused on just getting better. I completely cut out alcohol because I was a partier in in high school. I stopped drinking. I was like, I'm not going to drink till the end of the season. I was fueling myself so much. I was eating way too much, honestly, to the point of like it made me feel sick before I would race. And then it was never actually a good outcome. But I learned that more food equals faster running, more energy. So that was a great lesson. I got hurt senior year. I hurt both my hip flexors couldn't walk even it hurts like it was so bad I tried cranial sacral therapy I tried chiropractics I tried dry needling I ice bathed every single day I tried to bike and cross train but I felt really out of shape so I I was like okay I need to cut weight because distance runners are tiny 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 so I started kind of restricting what I ate and I remember eating like a peanut butter bagel for breakfast and then I would eat basically nothing all day and then I would eat dinner and some ice cream and go to bed. So that was not healthy. That was not healthy. I got a little bit smaller, but I was just kind of like, quote unquote, skinny fat, (laughs) like less lean, just a smaller frame, but less lean. So I go into college now. I'm still getting these injuries. I'm chronically achy. And throughout high school, I had headaches all the time. I had tendonitis all the time. I was always injuring myself in high school sports. So in college, it continued until I got really sick my freshman year and really, really sick. Went to the hospital, went on an IV and was sick for over a month. And then I lost a lot of weight, a lot of weight. I think I lost probably 20 pounds at least. And after losing that weight, I had a really hard time gaining it back. Number one, because I was so used to this smaller frame. The idea of getting bigger was a little weird for me. And then also I was so sick for so long that food, I had to relearn how to like eat sufficient calories again because all I could eat were crackers and things. So it was really hard. I lost a lot of weight. People started noticing. And at the same time, I started running distance again. So running a ton and decided to run a half marathon. I was running faster times than I ever had in high school even. And I was like, what the heck? Why couldn't I be this skinny in high school? Like I'm so fast now. So it rewarded me positively. And that was a negative thing because I realized that what I was doing was completely not healthy and my times were getting faster. And that's that's a messy situation because for only so long that's going to happen, right? Like your body will fight back and be like, yo, we need to eat more. We need to gain weight. And the size that I was was way too small for what my body likes to be at. So 
that happened. And then I was still suffering from headaches and diarrhea and inflammation up the waz. So I went to the doctor and I was like, I have heartburn, I have diarrhea, I have all these issues. And he was like, I'm going to put you on antacids. And I'm like, I'm 20. Like, what are you doing? I need to figure out why I have heartburn, not put me on antacids. So I decided instead of going on antacids, I decided to take out gluten from my diet and removing gluten almost immediately relieved my headaches, my diarrhea, my inflammation. I was not getting injured anymore. I had no tendonitis, no shin splints, no headaches, no anything. Like it was insane. I was hurt every week in high school. I swear to God, I was literally in pain every week. I thought I tore my quad every week. Like it was so bad. And then once I gave up gluten, everything changed for me. Everything changed. And I don't think that everyone needs to give up gluten, but for me personally, I think I have a severe intolerance to it. And I also definitely had leaky gut because we all took antibiotics growing up. We all got strep throat. And I ate like absolute crap as a kid. I ate, I would eat raw, dry cake mix, not even mix it with water or anything out of a box. And my mom would come in the kitchen and be like, Steph, you need help. And I would literally put away a tub of frosting in a day, guys. In one day, I would eat a whole thing of frosting by myself. So I did not eat well. And I really think I messed up my gut and my microbiome through that childhood binge eating scenario. I remember waking up and eating cookies for breakfast, ice cream for breakfast. I would sneak cookies and put them in a cup. And that way, if my parents came in when I didn't know they were going to come in to the house or something, I could just pretend I'm drinking and they wouldn't catch me literally guzzling cookies. Those frosted animal cracker ones. Oh my God, those so good. But I would be guzzling them down. So I... I didn't always eat healthy guys. I used to eat only sweets, only processed food. I wouldn't eat meat. I wouldn't eat vegetables. I would literally only eat noodles and things that came out of a box. And part of that was my fear of puking. We'll get into my whole story with anxiety another time, but I'm just going through my health journey. So sophomore year, it all started changing, right? I felt good. Gave up the gluten, the gluten, the gluten, the gluten, the gluten. Gave it up. Felt amazing. And then I started noticing, wow, there's really a correlation between what you put in your body and how you feel. And so I started to play around a little bit with paleo and I stopped eating a lot of grains and kind of stopped eating a lot of carbs. And it got to be a little too restrictive. At the time, I was eating very large volumes and I felt like I was still eating a lot. And I was. I was eating a lot. But I was walking so much on campus, like at least 20,000 steps a day. And then I was also resistance training four times a week. Heavy. Lifting heavier than I do now. Way heavier. So... I was burning a lot of calories and I was definitely not eating enough. I don't think I had an eating disorder. I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder. I went to psychologists and everything, but I do remember being like, damn, like this is kind of cool having abs. This is cool being shredded. But then I started being like, wait, people are asking me if I'm okay. That's not good. And my family started worrying about me and asking if I was anorexic or something. And I'm like, no, I eat. And I didn't realize at the time that I was not eating enough. 
at all. I think part of that was when I took on this paleo diet, I loved the control. I loved knowing that, oh my God, I'm so self-disciplined. I don't even eat grains or I don't eat processed stuff. And I loved that feeling, that power trip of not eating what everyone else ate. Like for some reason that gave me a power trip and that's freaking stupid because everyone else was probably having a way more fun time at college than I was. I was just being all perfect with my diet and not going out. So okay, Steph, maybe you didn't get the freshman 15, but you lost four years of fun. And so I went through that. I had to, I think. I had to go through it. I had to be miserable for a while because I learned that that's not worth it. And there is a way to eat in tandem with your body's preferences. So aka not eating things that make it feel crappy. But there's also a way to balance in the things that are good and and fun and the things that bring your soul joy. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I went to extremes. I started off extreme when I was born eating complete shit. And then I went to extreme of eating completely too healthy. And now I find myself somewhere in the middle where I don't feel the need to eat perfectly. Absolutely not. I I try to eat whole foods for most of my meals and then at my snack at night, whatever goes. Like snacks, who cares? I'm eating so many vegetables, fruit, meat, nuts, all the good stuff for most of my food, okay? And so for me, I'm like, snacks, I'm not going to be a psycho and be like, I can't have gluten-free pretzels, okay? Those things are so good. People that aren't even gluten tolerant eat gluten-free pretzels because they're more crunchy. So I think that's way too restrictive unless you have an autoimmune disease or something that like unless you're healing your gut too that that requires a strict regimen for a while I totally support that honestly you have to do that sometimes so not talking about those people I'm talking about the people that are doing this for no reason where they restrict themselves for literally no gosh forsaken reason except for the fact that it's fun to have control like I feel for you because I went through that and it sucks so make sure you seek professional help I definitely wish I was a little bit more introspective on how much I liked the control of being so healthy. And like I said, while I wasn't diagnosed with an eating disorder, I definitely think I had disordered eating patterns for sure. So take with that what you will. All right. So after being 10% body fat and hungry all the time, feeling tired and always thinking about food... I would say after college is when I really started just leaning into eating a ton. And I honestly, ever since at, like college ended, I've been more worried about am I eating enough on a daily basis instead of did I eat too much? So I'm really proud of myself for getting to that point because I think that's overlooked. And as a woman, we're so used to society's idea of us eating as little as possible. And that's just so not true. And most of the women I know that are pretty far along their health journeys and kind of where I'm at, they eat more than their boyfriends at a meal. And that's okay. Honestly, like your portion size is not someone else's portion size. So I want everyone to just think about that and not feel ashamed if you eat more than other people. Like, I don't know about you or any of you, but sometimes I'll be at a gathering and my plate is a lot more full than other people's. And sometimes I like look around, I'm like, should I like put some of this back? Because is something wrong with me? Why why do I eat so much? Like, it just makes you feel like something's wrong with you. But 
it's okay. Like I said, your portion size is not someone else's. Wow. So that was um, an incredibly long story, but you get the picture. I'm very happy with where I'm at now. I still do not eat gluten, dairy, or eggs because those things really, really upset my stomach. They give me really bad acne, especially eggs and dairy. Dairy was the thing where, you know, my skin got better after cutting out gluten, but I still had a lot of breakouts. So I was like, okay, what, what is this? There's clearly something internally going on. So I tried cutting out dairy and honestly, bam, better skin than I've ever had my whole life. I used to be on antibiotics for my skin being so bad. And that probably just contributed to my crappy gut that I ended up having to heal anyway. So make sure if you're having skin issues, you look within and make sure that you're eating things that are settling and agreeing with you. And honestly, the best way to do that is to just take note after you eat a meal and be like, how do I feel? Am I feeling okay? Do I feel tired, fatigued, headache, stomach ache, gassy, bloated, diarrhea? Like, just take notes and you might be able to pinpoint the things that are bothering you. That's a little bit all over the place, but we'll just get into kind of what I do now for working out and then I'm going to open it up to the questions that I posted on my Instagram story. I am sure that you have seen all of my stories involving flowbility. Everyone talks about how much I talk about it, and I'm sorry. I know that it might be annoying to you, but guess what? This shit is crazy in the sense that I fully believe this is going to change the human race. I can't say much about that because I want the CEO to talk about that and provide the research and the evidence for it. But from what I know about science, physics, physiology, structure of the human body, I think this is literally going to change the world. People are going to be drinking the juice, okay? People are going to drink the juice or want to drink the juice. Right now, everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? You're hunched over with your butt sticking out. You're sucking in. No, I'm not sucking in, first of all. Um, And people are very confused about what I'm doing. And it looks like it's not a workout, but it is. I come away from those things shaking I am burning more calories than I have ever burned just at rest. It's crazy. And it's restructuring my body. Today I was walking in my shoes and I noticed that my toes are crunched now at the end of my shoes. And I'm like, what? So I texted my trainer and I was like, is this normal? Did your feet get bigger as your body started changing? And he's like, yeah, you're decompressing your feet, of course. And I'm like, oh my god guys I'm not doing any feet workouts like I'm working on my spine and my and my pelvis and my core and my hips and my body is changing it is insane so to give a brief brief overview about what flowbility is it is spine conscious training it works to kind of reposture yourself restructure your skeletal system so my pelvis will be moving it probably already is it's shifting um i'm pulling my front ribs up and the way that they so essentially like the idea is that we want to be positioned the way that we were supposed to be and as children we did not spend enough time crawling we did not spend enough time on our tummies our parents were rewarding walking quickly and early when in reality 
we needed to be spending time in those positions to allow different parts of our body to form and develop in the way that they should. And most of us didn't get that time. We essentially have no relationship with gravity when we should. And this style of training develops that relationship with gravity. Gravity controls a lot of things that we don't even begin to understand. Like the movie Interstellar, they're trying to solve the gravity equation. Gravity is this complex, confusing, abstract idea, this thing that none of us understand. And so to create a relationship with something that we barely even understand is incredible. And it will make incredible things happen. I'm so excited. And I already notice all of these changes happening within me after doing this for just a few weeks. All I'm going to say is I can't convince anyone to do this and I'm not going to. I'm just going to keep doing it. And when my body changes like a freak and I become more athletic and I become faster and stronger and I'm going to look different. I, I Then people might want to do it, but I'm not going to convince anyone to do it because it's, it is weird looking and you have to believe in it. And I told my trainer, I was like, you know, this, I think this style of workout is for the intellectually curious. This isn't for an audience that follows fitspos and fitspiration and tracking your macros. Like, no, this isn't for those people. This is for the intellectually curious and that population, the people that are scientists, the people that are just curious and interested in learning beyond kind of like Elon Musk brain people. (laughs) It's for those people. So if you want to learn more about it, I don't I'm not sponsored by this, by the way, guys, I don't get paid for any of this. I don't get anything from this. I'm literally on my podcast telling you what I've been doing for a workout and that's what I've been doing. So if you want to try it, go to flowability.com and you can also go to the flowability Instagram page. It has all those highlights. Check out the highlights. If you're a science person, if you're interested and you're curious and you want to understand like the science behind it, watch those highlights. It's incredible. If you like anatomy and physiology, watch those highlights. You are going to have your mind blown. Everything that we think we know about weightlifting, everything that we think we know about form is so wrong. Like lean in your heels, push from your heels, lean back in an RDL. Like no, all of that is so wrong. It's so wrong. We're putting all of the weight and loading in our lower back when we need to be putting it in the biggest muscles in our body, aka our glutes, our hamstrings. We want to be making those stronger and elongated. And all we do all day is load our lower backs. And that's why most um, bodybuilders, most weightlifters, most Olympic lifters, most honestly, mostly everyone you see, they can be lean, but they'll have a boxy core still. And that was me. That is me still. I'm working on it, but I definitely get a boxy core. And that's because we're essentially lifting with our trunk when we need to be using our butt more and using our hamstrings more. And so it's just absolutely incredible. It's a mind workout too. I I mean, it's essentially mindfulness. So you're getting mindfulness and a workout in the same time. Um, and you also learn how to breathe again because we suck at that, guys. We sit at a computer all day and take these short, shallow breaths from our chest. And that's a flight or fight thing. That's not what we should be doing when we're reading an email from our boss, even though sometimes we do feel like taking the next flight out of uh, the United States when we get those emails. But 
I can't I can't even talk about it enough. I right now I'm like lost for words because it's just something you have to do and experience yourself. Like I can't tell you how it feels unless you do it. That being said, this is what I'm doing for workouts now because somebody asked me. So what I'm doing for workouts is I usually do flowability around four times per week probably. I am not really good about doing the full workout. I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of supersets. And sometimes, actually most of the time, I only do like one set. (laughs) So, and a lot of the things are to failure. And I definitely just do it like one time. And then I'm like, okay, on to the next thing. So guys, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a perfect person. If I was doing this way more diligently, I would probably see results faster. But I'm not because... I need to work on it. I, I just need to fall in love with this new style of movement. I'm, I'm in love with the idea. It's going to change so many things. I'm so passionate about it, but I'm still trying to fall in love with how to move my body in that way because I'm so used to just explosive things and running as fast as I can, lifting as heavy as I can and going hard in the motherfucking paint. Like I'm so used to that. And so I'm trying to get used to slowing it down and just breathing and concentrating and just a different kind of intensity. It's so intense, but it's totally different than assault bike sprints. So I'm going to be honest, I'm not, I'm not a little angel when I'm doing these workouts. So I do it four times a week. I definitely don't do it throughout the whole workout. Uh, I don't do it thoroughly enough. I definitely skip sets. I'm not a great influence for this. So I will be though. I will be, I will be way more. I will be better at doing a complete workout I promise I'm just slowly getting into this so flowability four times a week about um and then I also do one to two glute focused weightlifting sessions I definitely shouldn't be lifting weights while doing flowability because flowability literally it it just like reverses all my progress with flowability because lifting weights everything about the form is so wrong and I should definitely be learning how to posture myself, learning how to bend over, learning how to squat with flowability before picking up a weight because it is a different animal and I can barely squat, hinge, walk the way that I should be walking. So why would I be adding weights to it? 99% of us don't know how to walk and bend over and squat the proper way. Yet we go into the gym and lift 300 pounds. That in itself should give you motivation to do this because we're all kind of messed up. I shouldn't be doing the lifting, but I still can't quite give that up yet. A lot of that is because it really relieves my anxiety to be able to just kind of let go and let loose and kind of do something a little bit more explosive for a type of workout, especially on a day that I'm a little bit stressed. So um, yeah, I do flowability about four times a week. And on some of those days, I do a weightlifting session with just glutes. And then I do a lot of handstands, as you know, just randomly throughout the day, usually when my code is running and it's taking forever. And yeah, I don't do a lot else. Um, The other day this week, I actually went for a run and I never do that. So it really just depends. I try to listen to my body. And if I don't get a lot of sleep the night before, I definitely just read in the morning. I've been really enjoying reading in the morning. I used to work out right away, but I think my body just needs a little bit of a break. So I've been just taking my morning slow with my cup of coffee and just reading a book. And if I get the energy to work out, then I will. Otherwise, I listen to my body. If I didn't get good sleep the night before, then I don't push it. 
I definitely, definitely take rest days. I take probably at least two to three a week. I'm, I'm just a firm believer that you can't move forward without letting your body heal. So rest days are a must. If you're not doing that, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> just please take them. They're so important. You're not going to lose progress. You're losing it by being active every single day to the point of stressing your body out. So um, on rest days, I usually just make sure that I'm getting in a few walks throughout the day. I do like to stay moving, but when I'm talking about what's a rest day versus what isn't, I'm talking about like more intense workout. If you're not taking those, please take them. And yeah, I guess that's about it. I do sometimes enjoy doing assault bike sprints and that's on a day where I just feel like I need to blow some steam and I have the energy for it. But if I have a really stressful week or something and I'm drinking a lot of caffeine, then I try to avoid those higher intensity workouts just because I don't want to spike my cortisol as much. And yeah, I mean, the truth is just listen to your body. Like if you got good sleep and you don't feel like going to the gym, you're probably just lazy. But if you stayed up too late working or something, sleep in and give yourself a break. It's so important. I can't emphasize that enough. All right, so now I'm just going to read a few questions that I got on the Instagram story that I posted. What is Fullbility and what are its perks over other workout programs? So I kind of talked about this before, but Fullbility is a spine conscious training. It's kind of like yoga, kind of like Pilates, but yoga and Pilates have a lot of things wrong in terms of form and posture. So basically it helps restructure your skeletal system to be the optimal structure that we as humans are supposed to have. And along the way, you're going to get a huge butt and a tiny little waist. So I can't complain because we aren't supposed to have these boxy cores. We're supposed to use our big old glutes to walk throughout the day. And so it's perks. I mean, the perk is that there's nothing like it and it's literally going to change the world. (laughs) Is that too much? But it's true. Okay, how do you start flowability and do you only focus on flow and no other fitness? So I kind of just answered this as well. You start by downloading the app. It's like $100 to download the app and then there's a monthly payment. So it is kind of an investment. This is long-term health. There is likely going to be some evidence coming out that it can slow the aging process. Who doesn't want to do that? Um, Okay, so you start with downloading the app, you pay monthly, and then... Yes, I have primarily switched to just that and then two leg days. Well, not even leg, glute focused. And I don't even lift heavy at all. Let's see, next question. What nutrition at what point in the day? I always heard protein and carbs in the morning, no carbs at night. Okay, great question. So it doesn't matter. I should rephrase this. It doesn't matter if you're trying to lose weight, I should say. But if you want optimum recovery, if you want optimal recovery from a workout, definitely recommend maybe eating carbs around your workout just so your body has fuel and protein around your workout too. I I mean, protein all day, baby. Like not overdoing it, but protein helps stabilize your blood sugar. So yeah, in terms of carbs though, um, there's no magic rule like carbs in the morning and not at night, like absolutely not. Honestly, I eat most of my carbs right before bed and I definitely don't gain weight from that. Like people think that you're going to get fat from eating carbs before bed and it just makes me laugh so hard. You 1000% won't. And if anything, carbs actually help 
increase um, levels of tryptophan or helps release tryptophan and it can help aid sleep. So for me, I struggle with sleep and insomnia and I always have. So for me, eating carbs before bed helps a ton. If anything, like eat your carbs at night too. I mean, eat them all day. Like don't be like someone that just doesn't eat carbs until 8 p.m. and then just binges on carbs. I, I wouldn't say that that's particularly good, but you know, if you like having a little bit more at dinner, then that's great. And if you like having a little bit before bed, that's 100% okay. So yeah, carbs don't really matter too much about timing, neither do the other things. Um, the only other thing I should say though is protein before bed. A lot of it can inhibit GABA from helping you fall asleep. GABA is a neurotransmitter. I need to study the process a little bit more, but eating too much protein before bed can interfere with your sleep. So, and then, oh, also one more thing. So if you're taking multivitamins or other vitamins and you're not eating a fat source at that meal with those vitamins, you might not be able to absorb the vitamins or minerals that you need. So some of the vitamins are fat soluble, aka you need fat in order for them to absorb into your body. So make sure that you're taking your vitamins with meals that have fat. And honestly, I eat fat at every meal because it's good for you and you shouldn't avoid any macronutrient. I'm getting really tired and it's 8.03 and getting past my bedtime and I need to go make my second dinner, guys, with all my carbs. (laughs) 